Welcome to On Air with LG, brought to you by LG Electronics European Air Solution Team. We know that in today's digital world, time is limited, attention is short, and everyone is busier than ever. That's why we're bringing the HVAC industry's hottest topics on air, where you can both learn and be inspired on the go. Join us for a new episode every two weeks, where we answer your most pressing questions and explore the constantly shifting world of HVAC topics like the energy transition, renewable innovation, and the past, present, and incredibly bright future that our industry has to offer to both our lifetime achievers, as well as the next generation of professionals. I'm Melissa Moeller, your host throughout this series, and I hope you enjoy. The renovation wave has been driving change across Europe's building industry for a while now, and with it comes various opportunities for the HVAC community. On this episode, we're joined by Anita Darianetz, the Managing Director of REVA. REVA is the Federation of European Heating, Ventilation, and Air Conditioning Associations. She has been part of the REVA team for the past nine years and has been a key player in the research, technical guidance, and advocacy on indoor air quality, better health, and energy performance of buildings for almost 60 years. Hi, Anita. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Hello, Melissa. Thank you for inviting me and I'm very good. Thank you. All right. Well, let's just jump right into the conversation. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the renovation wave, which is obviously a very hot topic um, across Europe and probably the world. But in the European perspective, um, if you could just first give me a brief introduction to what the renovation wave is, what it's referring to, um, why is it a hot topic? right now. Thank you, exactly. That's the hottest topic possible uh, in Europe nowadays. Uh, because uh, as you, uh, as we all should know by now, working in this profession, um, uh, the European Commission and the European Union uh, committed uh, to some global and European climate goals. And to reach these, uh, we have to tackle the problem of our buildings, building stock, uh, the, all the buildings in Europe, uh, making them uh, sustainable, making them uh, high performance in terms of energy use. And that means that they launched uh, the European uh, Green Deal, for sure, is a term for many uh, listeners uh, that they heard of. And uh, as part of the European Green Deal, they launched uh, this initiative of the renovation wave, which should be a, a huge wave, a tsunami, actually, of, uh, of renovating buildings, uh, because 75% of, of our buildings in Europe is inefficient, have a poor energy performance. And that would mean that we have to, uh, in the coming 10 years, let's say, we have to renovate um, uh, hundred, almost 150 million buildings across Europe within, uh, yeah, within actually the few next decades in order to reach our climate goals. So no pressure. <laughs> Easy. Um, exactly. So in general, what is what is the HVAC industry need to understand about this trend specifically regarding um, obviously energy and the renovation of the HVAC systems in the buildings? So this is a huge uh, challenge and opportunity for the HVAC sector. Uh, of course, you have to, uh, we know all that uh, there is these energy performance certificates for buildings. So now when you want to sell or buy a, uh, buy a building, then you, um, then you can get these, uh, these color coded uh, rate of a building. How the, how well it's, it's doing now. Our buildings usually do very bad on this, uh, this scale. Uh, 
and um, uh, renovating uh, the building in terms of energy. So they call it deep energy renovation. Now, what does it mean that you comprehensively renovate a building to make it use less energy? It started with uh, renovating mostly the, the the envelope, which means that you replace the windows. As you might know, you add additional um, uh, insulation to the walls or on the roof, uh, where you lose a lot of lot of heat, uh, especially heat energy, and also gain heat, of course, if it's not reno- uh, insulated. However, that's not all uh, what we have to do. So by uh, by insulating our buildings, we actually generated uh, a problem because these. Uh, energy renovation and insulation of the building started back then in the 80s, 1980s. Uh, after uh, the oil crisis, of course, they started to talk about building codes and building performance uh, already. Uh, however, if you insulate such, uh, your buildings and you replace the windows, there is zero uh, fresh air or air moving anymore. Mm. So you end up to have maybe overheating because uh, you have the same sun coming in, but no, but there is no ventilation, natural ventilation anymore. Or, uh, or uh, you don't need such a huge uh, system for heating. On a di- or and we have climate change, of course, happening. So uh, unfortunately, in many parts of Europe, the cooling need will also increase. Uh, also in regions where it was not an issue before. So uh, it's not only about renovating the envelope, the roof, the windows, the walls, but it's about uh, replacing uh, the the heating, cooling, and ventilation systems in buildings systematically. Mm-hmm. And of course, the big challenge is also that uh, we want to decarbonize our buildings. So that's an important aspect of the renovation wave and the European Green Deal. So it's not enough to be energy efficient, meaning that to use as less energy as possible for our living. But also, uh, this should be clean energy as much as possible. So we have to use... uh, we have to shift from fossil fuels, from gas and other fossil fuels to a more sustainable and green energy source, which is hopefully, uh, so which is a green uh, electricity or other uh, renewables based uh, um, system. Now, in the, in the terms of heating and cooling, it will be mostly actually electricity based. So uh, the installations has to be re- replaced. And that's a huge challenge for, for everyone, for building owners, including uh, because there will be a ban soon. Some countries are already starting with that, that gas boilers will be banned in the next year. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite confident, at least in countries that are progressive. So we have to shift from the traditional fossil fuel-based heating and cooling installations into more sustainable ones. If we shift uh, technology, so the, the tech- one uh, already existing technology for the future that is actually low carbon, can be decarbonized, is uh, heat pumps. So uh, there are new, uh, slightly new technologies. So instead of a condensing boiler, you uh, we should now install uh, heat pumps or, uh, or or maybe other technologies, but that's the most common and easiest uh, to, to get. However, that needs new skills. So uh, installers have to be have to acquire new skills and that's also something that the European Union knows there are national programs uh, supporting somehow the upskilling of professionals including installers and I just let me share with you uh, an experience from Belgium or Brussels where I'm based 
yeah, I, I talked to to colleagues uh, that did uh, went through renovation of their homes, and and uh, it was a huge struggle to find an installer that uh, could install a heat pump. And wherever they contacted the company, uh, actually they wanted uh, they they wanted to discourage them uh, about the technology, about the fact that uh, uh, it, not not that we don't know how to install. They just said uh, no, it's not a good technology. It won't work. Uh, it, it's not efficient, etc. It's not yet proven. It's very com- very expensive so you have to struggle now to to be able to have a sustainable system installed in your in your home and that has to change i know that in the past the heat pumps had a bad reputation and i guess the industry is still working to combat that um, do you think that that has to do with some of the re- it that some of the resistance to heat pump technology from the installer's perspective has to do with the original reputation of the heat pump which you know as an industry obviously we need to <laughs> combat and move move past uh, yes, um, I mean that uh, it was a new technology, but decades yeah. ago, right? So the technology is evolving. Yeah. It they developed it. They developed residential uh, uh, applications already. So not only for for bigger buildings, and um, and but uh, still, this bad reputation remained. Okay. And uh, and uh, it's it's a proven technology. So it's not true that it's not working and it's not efficient. And um, you know you have these myths, and I'm not sure if it's because of the conservative uh, way how the installer or the industry works that should use the technology or any other reason uh, that these um, these misconceptions or, yeah. or prejudice still stays. Of course, you need to have skills. So it has to be uh, designed and installed properly because if you don't install it properly, but that, that's valid for anything, then it might not work properly. You know? It's uh, education, awareness raising, uh, certainly. Education of professionals, education of homeowners, right? So the the and and the awareness raising and and then at the end of the day we need also uh, regulation. So the building codes yeah. have to change, and that's also something that governments should should do. and not only the building codes but the political commitment about greening our electricity and um, HVAC installations has to come from policymakers. I, it's my private um, uh, opinion, not necessarily shared by Reva, but uh, you, you, we all know how strong the fossil fuel industry is and uh, how, how yes. strong their lobby power is and how much they are subsidized. Yeah. So overcome this, we need the strong political commitment at national level as well. European Union per se cannot do this because the laws are done at national level. But from our side, uh, the sector of professionals, we need to learn. Completely agree with you. (laughs) Um, So before, obviously, now we're coming off of COVID-19 and a global pandemic was something that we weren't prepared for in in the way of um, dealing with it in terms of the challenges and let's say some of the opportunities that it proposed for us. But I think regardless of this, Europe was already riding, let's say, the renovation wave. Um, However, this has has the situation we've gone through in the past year shifted the topic or are we still kind of on track to to meet the demands of the renovation wave um, and sort of what are the implications of the pandemic on the HVAC industry in general? Yes, thank you very much. That's an excellent question um, and points out two things. Uh, uh, it did not change the, the objectives, right? Uh, and uh, yes, of course, we have uh, another crisis on the top of climate crisis, that was the pandemic. Uh, uh, it also opened, I think, uh, 
new opportunities in terms of financing and political commitment. So we need a, a very robust uh, reconstruction plan across Europe uh, to because we will feel the impact, the economic, macroeconomic impact of, mm. of such a pandemic for years now. But uh, this commitment was coupled at European level. So now the, the recovery Uh, European Recovery Fund and European Recovery Programs are uh, should be even more um, uh, connected to uh, this energy transition because mm -hmm. renovating the the building stock as they want in the coming decades, it means a huge uh, work, a huge amount of work. So it, it creates employment, it creates a const construction sector is uh, considered by the Commission as a means of uh, The end being the engine of recovery to some extent by creating jobs. So that could be in theory a win-win because what is changing is the, uh, but that's not our topic today, but the, the macroeconomic concept of uh, debt, right? Yeah. So we will have more money and, and, uh, and the governments uh, dare to invest and, and, uh, yeah, and the European Union changed its, uh, its approach against debt. Uh, uh, And generated new income, right? So now European Union can uh, can can give more money and take uh, as European Union loan. Uh, the other and for us even more important uh, point is uh, what COVID the COVID crisis changed is indeed uh, uh, something very much linked to HVAC technologies. It's uh, indoor environmental quality and uh, the question of healthy buildings. So we, REVA, is advocating, has been advocating since decades and actually the, the industry, the business industry is also taking uh, this, um, this uh, trend over by now. So it became kind of a common sense term now. Mm -hmm. uh, indoor, we, have a, we need a good indoor air quality because unfortunately, uh, the, the, uh, so COVID-19 is, um, COVID is an airborne, airborne uh, pathogen yeah. and uh, we caused a lot of problems. Uh, I mean, not we, but uh, even um, WHO or, or the or the governments took a bit too long uh, uh, for us, uh, uh, for our opinion, uh, to to recognize it. Yeah, and we have to mitigate uh, the risk of uh, of homes and buildings, also against pathogens. So it's not not only about COVID. Uh, anything that you breathe in uh, can harm you in in inside. And now uh, the other trend is, of course, that we we had to work from home. So we are working from home since now. Almost two years uh, or one year and a half, uh, and that points out also that homes have to be uh, have to take care. Homeowners have to take care about indoor environmental and indoor air quality, and that you can only do nowadays best with uh, with proper HVAC design and installation of your of your buildings. So that is also a huge opportunity of our industry. Yeah, when when you talked about healthy buildings, what exactly is a healthy building? What do we need to understand about what the trend will um, require for HVAC? And also, um, is the end user aware of it? And do they, um, is it something they will request in the future? Is it something that will require? Is this, is the, is it something that regulation will require? So will we be driven to this healthy building standards in a new way? I really hope so. I really hope that there, is, there will be, a, if not concerted, but at least um, uh, bottom-up and top-down uh, changes at the same time. So a healthy home or a healthy building means that uh, uh, 
of course, we spend our life indoors, almost uh, more than 90% we can spend indoors, even without COVID. Now, if uh, we have we are confined and no bars open, the situation is even worse, of course. Uh, and we were we were obliged now for years. So I think that raised a huge awareness about uh, the, the quality of our of our life and well-being indoors. And there are European standards. There are and there is a science behind this uh, also uh, since the yeah since decades by now. Uh, what are the the key aspects of of a healthy indoor environment? Um, one of them is the clean air. That's uh, should and that is what covid actually pointed out very much that uh, how much it can harm you if your air ventilation actually is not properly working uh, or 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 designed for but there are other aspects uh, like your thermal comfort are you cold are you warm and that's what i just want to point out what I mentioned at the beginning. If we over-insulate buildings, that uh, yeah, yeah, we spend less on heating, but uh, we we may, might have overheating uh, during the summer or whenever you have uh, some uh, intake, uh, not necessarily on on in the uh, in the summer. Uh, so there is an aspect of thermal comfort. There is an aspect of light. So daylight also, it's something that is coming. You need a proper amount of daylight uh, in your in your life in order to be happy and not sick. Um, uh, uh, so these are all aspects of, uh, of uh, indoor environmental quality. And then acoustics is the fourth big aspect, so the noise. And I think that uh, that is also something that people now face, uh, yeah. de- depending where you live. Uh, if you had to work for two years at home, uh, opening windows in, a, in a high traffic areas, you get everything. You got uh, polluted air that poisons you. You got noise and and uh, yeah, no concentration, etc. So these are the four main aspects. There are some others as well, uh, and there is a business case already behind it um, coming also from the US. So so I think the industry is changing, and I really hope that the demand of users, the the con- customers or, or consumers or or people. At say us uh, will also change and people will demand it for both for their workplaces but also uh, also at home yeah to make uh, your home more uh, more healthy yeah i can definitely say it's something that's on my mind even even being in the industry for before covid it's something i'm even more aware of nowadays for myself and my my own like life and obviously working from home is becoming quite regular. So I think everybody needs to consider more about indoor air quality because obviously it's, it's, let's say a hidden, uh, hidden thing that we, we might not think about um, on a daily basis, but we, we should, and we should get it into the minds of the, of the end customer as well um, because it's already in the minds of, of the industry itself. So it's our job to kind of, push that and and try to educate everybody so that we're all really on the same page. Thank you for sharing with us about healthy buildings. Exactly. I think it's certainly um, something we need to think about and consider going forward. And again, like um, the industry is responsible for educating everybody on that topic. Now, one question we ask all of our guests at the end of our podcast session is what advice would you give yourself at 20 years old? So having a bit of a look back, what would you tell 20-year-old Anita? Wow, that's a tough question. 20-year-old me? Well, I still uh, would give myself an advice to... to uh, do even more uh, and against climate change so that the climate uh, 
yeah so that, that um, i was aware back then already so i started uh, whenever it was possible to to do stuff but uh, by i i would wish to uh, to give myself an advice to care more about this and and educate myself better or or uh, or uh, learn uh, and and uh, and change let's say my life and try to change others life uh, and thinking about this yeah um, because I, I uh, independently from COVID and also COVID is, I think, linked to to some extent to our way of living and climate change, uh, or not climate change, but how we treat uh, our, our natural environment. Uh, I think that that should be the the biggest challenge we focus on uh, now, immediately, uh, not not COVID. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think uh, we would all we would all do well to give ourselves the same advice back then, and maybe even before. <laughs> implement that into every aspect of our lives yeah and thank you very much for uh, such a podcast for example yeah thank you so much anita it was really great talking to you today we look forward to having you on again uh, it will be a pleasure to come great thank you